1: Hi there, everybody. This is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to the 100th episode of the Nutrition Diva's Quick and Dirty Tips for Eating Well and Feeling Fabulous. To celebrate this milestone, I thought I'd devote the show to answering some of the interesting questions that you've sent in over the last two years. And now let's get started with our first question. Is kombucha good for you? I've gotten at least a dozen questions lately about kombucha, a fermented beverage that's often said to have miraculous health enhancing or curative powers. Here's the scoop. Kombucha is a tea that's been fermented with yeasts and bacteria. As I talked about in episode number four, fermented foods like yogurt, kefir, and kombucha contain friendly bacteria that help keep your digestive system healthy. However, kombucha is not a miracle tonic or a cure for anything, and in fact, the FDA has begun sending warning letters to manufacturers and distributors who are making unsupported health claims. Commercial kombucha products are often high in sugar, and I suggest limiting your consumption of sweetened beverages, even those that are dressed up as health foods. Martha wrote to ask, is it true that it's bad or even poisonous to eat a potato if it turns green? This one has some truth to it. Potatoes are members of the nightshade family, along with tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants. All of these plants produce a compound called solanine that, when you consume it in sufficient amounts, acts as a nerve poison. The presence of solanine in the leaves and the stems of nightshade plants acts as a natural pesticide, dispatching any bugs that nibble too freely on the plant. And even though you're a lot bigger than a bug, the amount of solanine in potato or tomato leaves might be enough to give you an upset stomach, and that's why we don't eat those parts of the plant. The fruits of nightshade plants, on the other hand, the potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants generally contain very low levels of solanine, which is why they are safe to eat. But potatoes with greenish skin or with eyes that have started to sprout may contain enough solanine to cause a problem, so it is best to discard them. By the way, you sometimes hear that people with arthritis should avoid nightshade plants because they cause inflammation and joint pain. Well, that's also partially true. Some people are highly sensitive to solanine, and for these folks, even the small amount of solanine in tomatoes and peppers can cause swelling and pain in the joints. But it's a minority of people. If you have joint pain or arthritis, you could try eliminating all nightshade plants from your diet for two or three weeks and see whether it makes any difference. If it does you may be one of those people who is sensitive to solanine. But if you don't notice any improvement when you cut out nightshades, then there's no need to avoid these otherwise really healthy foods. And for more on foods that fight inflammation, check out episode number 41.
0: Doors take us to summers away, or winter adventures, and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors, by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth, investment minimum supply, Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.
1: At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need.
0: Is there anything you can't do?
1: Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> The UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Human
0: nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. 7th generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula.
1: My fiance is convinced that eating late at night causes the food to turn into fat while you're sleeping faster than it would while you were awake. I don't see how this is possible. Does the time of day you eat your meals have any effect on how they're digested? Wendy, this is one of those things that seems so logical, but isn't. Food has the same number of calories, regardless of whether you're sleeping or awake when you digest it. Cutting down on late night snacking can be an effective strategy for weight maintenance, but it doesn't have anything to do with how your body metabolizes calories. It's simply that snacking in the evening is usually recreational eating, extra calories that we pile on after the day's nutritional needs have already been met. Also, a lot of people find that their self-control is lower in the evening, and they end up eating more than they mean to, or indulging in foods that they wouldn't choose by the bright light of day. It's those extra calories that lead to weight gain, not the time of day they're eaten. And we have time for one final question. Calvin from Los Angeles writes, of the many vitamins and minerals that are added to foods to enrich them, which of them are actually absorbed by the body? I had a friend in college who had a PhD in nutrition and she told me that many of these additives are actually passed out in the urine. Calvin, we know that nutrients that are added to fortify foods get absorbed because fortification programs work. When we started adding folic acid to flour and cereal, for example, the incidence of birth defects like spinal bifida, which is caused by folic acid deficiency, went way down. Likewise, the introduction of iodized salt drastically reduced the number of people walking around with goiters, which are caused by iodine deficiency. Fortifying milk with vitamin D made rickets largely obsolete. That's not to say that fortification programs are perfect or that they never have unintended consequences, but that's probably a subject for another show. Likewise, when people take vitamin supplements, you can usually measure an increase in the level of nutrients in their blood and tissues. But it's also not uncommon for nutrients to spill over into the urine, especially if the supplements contain doses that are simply higher than the body can absorb or use. For example, when you take calcium supplements, you're going to excrete more calcium in your urine. But that doesn't mean you're not absorbing any. It just means you're not absorbing all of it. Supplements have their place, and I've talked about the role of multivitamins and other nutrients in previous shows. But in general, I think it's best to get as much of your nutrition as possible from whole foods. That way, you're most likely to get the nutrients in the forms, amounts, and combinations that your body can make the best use of. Thanks for these and all the other great questions and topics you've sent in over the last two years. Your curiosity about nutrition and your enthusiasm for eating well and feeling fabulous. It's what makes my job so much fun. I've included links in the show notes for all the previous shows that I mentioned. You'll find those at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. And if you have a nutrition question, try searching the show archives. After two years of weekly shows, chances are pretty good I've addressed it at some point. And if you don't find what you're looking for, feel free to send it on to nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com or post it on my Nutrition Diva Facebook page. And of course, I answer a lot of those listener questions in my free weekly newsletter. So if you've sent a question my way, be sure you're signed up to receive that. And now have a great day and eat something good for me.